0: hey everyone welcome to know your gear episode 115 live at 3 p.m pacific time on fridays uh i keep getting questions about when the show is and so we're gonna start every show with announcing the time again it's live every friday 3 p.m pacific time and as always hey guys how's it going (laughs) So, uh, uh, already 140 of you hanging out and uh, putting some questions and typing some comments. So we got some stuff first. I'll make the announcement. That's uh, easy. Just you guys know it's in the uh, description down below the coupon code from now on. We would say we would do this for a while. See how it works out. It's a coupon code to get 20% off the merch store down below. So basically if you're watching the show live, as long as the merch codes there, you can use it. It's on a timer now. So it's there as long as it is there. If it's there and you can see it, you can use it. And then when it's gone, it's gone. All right. And uh, first question, we're gonna start off right off the bait, right off the bout, right off the bait. We're gonna we're gonna start the show not even talking. Right. We're gonna start off the show with a question instead of an announcement. Uh, so we got a couple of them. Fur Patrusi, <laughs> I'm talking fine now, by the way. Fur Patrucci. I think it's Patrusi, but then fur Patrucci. I'm going to say that's what it is. It says, hello, Phil. Your v- videos about dressing frets have inspired me. I just bought a Tajima, started uh, a, a strat. Uh, With that, uh, he's going to repair it. He's the first time doing this. What tools should he buy? Thank you. On the knowyourgear.net website, there is a tools page, a Phil's tools page. And on there, it has most of the tools I use and why. Um, Do me a huge favor. Go check it out. If that doesn't have the information you want, just go ahead and message right through that same website at the askknowyourgear.net. Put in the subject tools, and that lets me know maybe I should update that and add more tools to it. I started doing it, I got about 60%, 70% of the tools I used there, and I kind of tapered off. Uh, but if you guys are looking on that website, check it out. I use a lot of Stumac tools because they are uh, very good. <laughs> so I use them, but they are very expensive. So I understand when a lot of you want to use alternatives through Harbor Freight, which is why I do videos about that. Videos about tools I can find at the dollar store. I've do- done vo- videos about tools I can find at Amazon. And uh, in fact, I did uh, the number one thing I ever linked to Amazon was that uh, fret dress toolkit that I did to Amazon. But uh, that being said, you know, I think it tools really, really practically. If you're going to do like you're going to do this job one time, you know, maybe you don't need to spend a fortune on the tools. However, if this is something you think you might do, buying better tools will always pay dividends. In my experience, you know, what I mean, tools are forever. I mean, you know, I have some of my grandfather's tools. That's how it that works. Right. So tools are I don't think tools are a horrible investment <laughs> is what I'm trying to get at. But I also understand practicality because, you know, sometimes you just need a tool to do the one job. Maybe you don't need to spend a fortune. Definitely not more than what the guitars work for the tools. So there's some suggestions right there Um, I actually have some super chats I got two super chats or pin questions as I like to call them at the end of last week's episode It happened right at the last minute and I want to make sure that those get the the proper uh comments, uh harmonica caster harmonica, like harmonica and Caster, like Telecaster, Stratocaster. Harmonicaster wanted a plug uh, for their Harmonicaster. Uh, something I actually did a plug for before. They 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 basically ponied up 10 bucks to get a shout-out. So, you know, why not give them a shout-out? You know, if we can help them. Check it out. I'll put a link when I index it, too, because I did that last time. doesn't hurt anybody. You know, if you something you're interested in, sounds cool. I think it was cool when I checked out last time. Gary uh, had a question last week. He says, what do you think about the HK Black Spirit 200? And uh, I didn't plan this because otherwise I wouldn't have had to bend over to get it. I have one right here. Uh, And uh, Hughes and Kittner sent this out for me to check it out. And uh, I I will tell you this. uh, My first reaction to it was uh, not very good. Uh, (laughs) I was like, whoa, okay, maybe I'm missing something. And here's what's interesting about that. Um, That was my first reaction. And then I go, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe we should do know our gear and learn it. (laughs) So I got out the manual. I started working with it and it went from, okay, I can see where this is a practical solution for a lot of players. And maybe when I do the review, I'll address that, that it's not for everybody, but it has some, obviously being super light is really cool. Um, But, to be honest, the more I played it, the more I liked it. In fact, uh, the reason you guys haven't seen it poke around back here is because I've been actually playing it. This is the amp I've been playing for since it showed up. Since I got past that learning curve the first two days, uh, I've been playing this thing nonstop. In fact, I'm in love with it. Um, I think it's a... Oh, knocking stuff around. I think as an industry, solid-state technology, it's not a modeling amplifier. For those of you guys that are interested, it's a solid-state amplifier. Uh, Solid-state amplifier, 200 watts with effects um it's a really impressive amp i like it better than quilter and i'm i'm a big quilter fan um now keep in mind the reason why i say better because it's i hate saying better you know different right but when I say better, I mean, feature wise, it, I think it does what quilter can do, um, but it also has effects. And that's kind of a nice feature. I don't necessarily think, you know, quilter is not good now. I still like quilter, but I think I prefer this over the quilter. So uh, there you go. So that's it. And of course, Gary, I'll have a full review. Um, as soon as I work it out in my head, how I want to discuss the the, the product. So sometimes reviews I don't like sometimes I do an unboxing. Sometimes I just do the review But sometimes I like when there's a product like this. This was heavily these products are heavily pushed on YouTube And there's nothing wrong with that. I've polled you guys over and over again Do you think that's redundant when you know 20 YouTube channels review the same product and all of you said you you unanimously, like 70% of the comments were, well, we just want to see what you have to say about it. I get that. If you want to see what fluff says about it, and then you want to see what Chapman says about it. Maybe you want to see some independent guys, you know, who, who haven't even monetized their channels, you know, right. (laughs) You can fully trust the guys that don't get any money. (laughs) So that's when I'm watching reviews. I like to see the more polished reviewers. I would say I'm kind of polished. Polish reviewers, maybe get their thoughts, industry insights. And then I like to watch the guy who's like sitting on the corner of his bed and he's like not getting any money and he's bought this with his own money and he's going to give you a pretty honest review with no kind of influence from anything. And I like that too. Um, but I like to be different. I like to give something new. So if at least if people watch three other videos of this, maybe in my video, there was one piece of information that wasn't included in the others or. Uh, a uh, perspective that wasn't there and sometimes that perspective is is given by watching everybody else's perspective and seeing what else they could what else could have been said um uh Ho, Ho, hobo roadie says rock and roll will never die i just wanted to say that because he said that uh and uh, he and then somebody said metal will never die. <laughs> die uh yeah they're not alive so they can't die that's you know like a rock can't die no pun intended. So yeah, you're right. It won't die because it's not alive. Um, <laughs> so yes, but I understand what you mean. Joseph did a a, a super chat. He did the super chat before the sh- show even started. Uh, just just to do it. Thanks, Joseph. And that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Brad said tip jar for the Silver Sky Videos Fund. Oh well i kind of feel guilty about that, Brad. Cause I don't need a fund for the silver sky. It's right there. There is two videos, uh, with the silver sky coming the review of course, cause I, I figured it, it's important to review the guitar, but I did my slap guitar video using that guitar. Um, and uh and uh this is on loner from paul reed smith guitars right now uh when i did the video if you guys watched paul's guitar uh prs sent me paul's guitar and an se to to ab them and that was really cool of them because i got to uh, ab them and um when i was talking to gene at prs uh you know because to get the ra labels to send those you know send the the, the guitars back um, she, uh, she said, is there anything else you're interested in? I said, man, I, I, I really would like to check out a Silver Sky. And uh, so she sent it. So, um, and, uh, it's kind of fun because, um, she actually mentioned that because I had mentioned it to podcasts a year ago, she's curious to see if I still think the way I did when I was speculating what I thought about the guitar. So Brad, uh, that video is soon to come the slap video. That's what's holding the slap video up now is because I'm debating if that should release before I do the review or if one's going to cause the problem, uh, those of you uh, who are patrons watching this right now, you know what's going on because you guys have been seeing, I've been pumping you guys about a video every day. There's a lot of video backlog coming to you guys because of the fact that I'll be at Tolman TGU 19 next week. If you guys saw Chapman just announced he's going and the pedal shows announced they're going, all these YouTubers are going to go and hang out for a week. Um, that's great. Although I have to make all my content ahead of time and do all this stuff ahead of time, you know, cause I won't be here to do stuff. So it's like kind of, you have to double down your workload for the next, for two weeks before you go so uh wow okay i feel like we're all over the place today uh the other question that got penned uh, or not penned like a super chat but i put it aside because i wanted to talk about it before the show started uh was from tony davis he said there are so many great quality affordable guitars available now won't the market get saturated with no one being uh no one will be buying anymore wouldn't the same go for pedals and amps? Would the new market crash? So I like that question. That's why I, I wrote it down actually uh, when I was prepping the, the camera and the microphone. Um, you know, Tony, that's a great question. The, the idea of that is, hey, there's all this great quality, low price stuff and it's going to oversaturate the market. In other words, everybody, think about this. A lot of us sit around all day, even rock stars do this, dreaming about the guitar, the unobtainium, right? The guitar you can't have. And now it's getting to where maybe if you can't have that 59 Les Paul, sure, but you could get the 59 Les Paul clone or you can get the Harley bitten clone of that or the, you know, insert brand here. And there's a lot of great stuff and it's more affordable. Um, which is true. Uh, that being said, uh, no, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll oversaturate the market. Here's why. Because I think that, uh, (laughs) i think we're collectors man this is like i think like uh you know what i i think that whenever i see anything where people collect stuff and i go man isn't that enough is that enough beanie beanie babies isn't that enough star wars figures isn't that enough whatever you know uh is there enough guns in the world do people need to start collecting those all the time isn't there enough you know motorcycles does everybody need you know five motorcycles in the garage i uh, people collect whatever they collect you know what i mean um So, no, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I I understand what you're saying, though. Is there a burnout to this? I think what happens is is this, and this is where I was going with this. I think whenever everything becomes very easily readily available to everyone, premium becomes more important. And what I mean by that is uh, this. I love this story. It was a, a story. It was on Shark Tank, and it was this lady made backpacks out of her husband's uh, used fire she, he was a fireman and he had his fireman suit and when they were tired those suits because I think they only use them for two years she would cut them up and make purses and backpacks out of them, sell them for like two three hundred dollars and um, she basically was trying to get somebody to to help her buy this product you know or take the company to a next level and her idea was to make import Chinese made copies of that and one of the sharks said you know that's dumb because you're, the reason you're getting $250 for these is because this backpack it means something it fought fires it's it's not it's unique and he said I'm quoting him almost correctly but you'll get the point which is in a world where you can pretty much have everything cheaply now unique has the most value that's what I feel like I think that's why when people wa- uh, buy a guitar for $300 and they love it and they see somebody buy a $10,000 guitar they go why would you do that I think a person buying a $10,000 guitar I don't think there's an argument that says that it's that much better Quality, I think it's you're the only one with one. (laughs) you you know what I mean? It's something cool about when you when you meet a bunch of guys that and and girls that play guitar and you start going Do you have a strat and they say yeah, and you feel commonly bonded and I I like that But then there's something cool about going what kind of strat do you have and you go? Well, I have a gold 73 strat. And They're like, oh, (laughs) you know, I mean you don't see those too often So I think uniqueness always will inspire People to keep going, and I think that's how the the cheap market works. It keeps taking the thing that's unobtainium, <laughs> and you can't get it, and makes it obtainable. And as long as, and so I don't think once we kind of buy up all the cheap stuff, then there'll be a new version of cheap stuff for the other obtainium stuff. I think that's the trend. Um, let me know in the comments on that, if you kind of buy into that, (laughs) my theory, but I really believe that. I think that's makes sense. The fashion market works that way, right? Clothes are super expensive. And the next thing you know, they trickle down there eventually in Walmart and everybody has them. So I think that's how this kind of works. And I think it'll continue to work that way. Barring that, you know, people just don't like guitar anymore because you know, that could always happen, but I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) So the, uh, the uh, if anything YouTube is proving that there's still everybody on YouTube says guitar is dying But then if you looked at YouTube numbers the fact that there's so many guitar channels doing numbers is impressive um, It's it's really it's really it really says a lot um, Given that the market is very focused. I mean you guys are guitar players watching me right now I I have to talk to just guitar players and there's still a lot of us. So given given, you know what it is uh, Neil says. Hey, Phil, are you familiar with the Hagstrom P90? Uh, super sweet and uh, If so, what do you think of them and are hagstroms generally well-made? I own some hagstroms before I used to I was a dealer for them for a little while too. Uh, This is a while back like 10 years ago And the ones I played I liked I like their uh, Their man-made it's like a phenolic resin fretboard. I always thought that was kind of cool I never I don't wanna say never play the p90 versions. I just don't remember even trying the p90 versions So the only thing I can do in this scenario is give you this advice. I like P90s, and I like the Hagstroms, and I think combined they were cool. They seem pretty unique. Um, I've heard people, because talking about them over the last couple years on this show, people have said, oh, I had a bad one, or I don't like them, or the quality sucks. But the ones I all tried, I all tried. The ones I tried were all pretty good. So I can't say anything bad about something until I have the bad experience, and I haven't had one with the Hagstrom. So. There you go the only thing negative about Hagstrom i say is their resale value is crap which is great for used market so you can pick them up pretty cheap compared to new new you'll find them like eight nine hundred twelve hundred dollars and then used you can pick them up for 400 bucks if you look so just be aware of that there's nothing wrong with buying what you want new but also make sure you're checking out used because those those people who have made that purchase now are going to help subsidize your habit by taking that hit for you Justin Mabe. What's up, Justin? How's it going? The only guy I know that retires and then seems to work twice as hard now. (laughs) When I see you on Facebook, I'm always like, I think he works harder now. He's retired. But anyways, thank you, Justin, for your service, by the way, as well. And it says, hey, Phil, can you explain what a capacitor does when you adjust the tone up? Yes, I can. Um, The two most common capacitors you'll see, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about this. A tone knob, a, a potentiometer, whether it's a volume or a tone knob, it's just a potentiometer. So when you see them, they're the same. And then you add a capacitor to that potentiometer and that creates it or it makes it a tone knob with how you wire it up. The Tone knob uh, has two capacitors that we see the most, which is 0.22 microfarad and 0.47 microfarad. You usually see two twos with like Fender type products and four sevens with like Gibson type products. But again, there's all kinds of cross-contamination of that too. So I'm going to use a basic capacitor like 0.22 microfarad. Um, what's going to happen is as, as, as the think of the Tone knob is when your Tone knob is all the way forward, right, that's off. In other words, it's sending signal through it and nothing is being, none of the signal is being run through that capacitor. As you run, as you turn the knob backwards, you're running more of that signal through the capacitor. And what happens is that capacitor is restricting. It's actually stopping the high frequencies from getting through right? It's allowing, and there's a couple ways to say that. You could say it's just allowing the low frequency through, but either way, I just, the visual of this is more important to me because I don't have anything to to show you. i got to tell you verbally. So, the capacitor is restricting the highs, so that's why it gets muffly, you know, right? To us, it gets muffly. It's getting muffly because it's losing definition, and that's what happens. And that's why a lot of people believe if you change out different capacitors, you could get different effects, although there's another group of people who say, hey, they're all the same, Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I go with my ears and my ears hear differences. So I'll just stick with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with using your own ears. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's the main difference. And, um, and if you're like me, I tend to, that's why I like, uh, Fender style guitars. And I like to take the toe knob and quarter turn pack uh t- quarter turn back, which is just running just a little bit of the signal through the uh the the capacitor the way i like to think of it is not about turning it backwards like people just kind of dive those the knobs all the way back i like quarter turn back because to me i just want to take off the chirp is what i call it the pick attack when i'm playing now in my videos i usually run it full forward again because i know that that's not what people who are listening to the gear reviews want to hear me messing with stuff but me personally if you give me anything i will always take the tone knob and i'll just take the the chirp off like i said i think of it as like i miss the the high-end chirp off the pick if i just quarter turn that back so that's why i do that kevin rose did a super chat for no reason and that leads us to find a question where somebody is on the main main page okay uh so yeah wendell's saying it it is at first order a variable low pass filter. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. So like when, Wendell, this is a perfect example. I, I have uh, obviously many Luthier friends and we talk about sometimes when I make videos. In fact, Stu Mack is a good example of this. We talk about videos. And the problem is, is that it, you can't talk in terminology that the average Joe or Jane guitar player can understand. To me, if I went like this, this, my hand is a tone knob this is what it sounds like when you put a tone knob. all of a sudden you can't hear the highs because my hand covers that and muffles it to me that's the way I like i think of a tone knob. you're just killing the highs out um that's illustrating to me what a capacitor does it's it's creating uh, resistance it's putting it's putting something in front of the the sound but you are correct <laughs> right that's what i said i know correct terminology and i think it has a place but again uh, when you're trying to just kind of explain to somebody who's like, what's a capacitor? I'm not, I'm just going to assume they, uh, they're they not really sure. And we need to just kind of make it easy for everybody to understand. Um, okay. So, and then, uh, <laughs> Gorilla says, yeah, I don't use the tone knob. You're not alone. I think majority guitar players don't use tone knobs um, or volume knobs. I, I you know, what I mean, I think majority guitar players, you could give them an on off switch and take all those knobs away. Uh, I, I not only do I quarter turn back uh, tone knob all the time. I quarter turn back my volume knob too. I kind of find the sweet spots, and and that's I kind of like pickups just a little teeny hotter than I like them, and then I just quarter turn back the volume knob, and it finds that sweet spot. And then I have a little boost to kick into. Um, but uh, there you go. Uh, this is out of order, but I'm going to give it to you. Charles Campbell said, "Hey, any opinion on Halo guitars?" Hmm. The, the answer to your question is, uh, yes, it's coming because, well, this is going to suck Charles. Uh, I'm reviewing a halo guitar in like a few months. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, so it's going to be a while, but I mean, so, and there's nothing I can do to, to take care of that, but I will be doing a review of halo guitars. I've been talking to them. Uh, we talked to them a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and, uh, they were really cool guys. They asked me if I was interested in reviewing guitar and I presented to them an idea for what I thought would be a really interesting video and they were gung ho, but that interesting video is going to take three to four months. That's how long it takes. I started it already, but it takes a while for all of us to get everything done. So I'll be able to give you some more feedback on that as well, especially with this video. You'll see how in depth it's going to be. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Yeah. Todd flowers. Hey Todd. Todd says I'm old school. I use my tone and volume knobs all the time. Yeah. It's, you know, I think I got, I got that because I'm a bass player and I think bass players it's instinctive for us as the controls really, I, you don't see bass players ever reaching to the amp. We kind of set the amp up and then everything after that goes to the, the bass. That's why sound guys, I think really go nuts. Cause you know, like I, it's a, I mean, I, I, all bass players do the same thing. We, we send the, the, the sound of the house. We send them like, I'm never giving them full blast. And then I, during the show, I can keep turning up. Um, but you know, you kind of EQ and you change everything from your bass. So I, as a guitar player, as I play guitar, I go, I just instinctively want to do that. So, so, uh, so there you go. That's uh, the, the, yeah, I could see that. But see, don't you love – I love hearing why when somebody says, I don't use it at all, that to me goes, yeah, that makes total sense to me. And then when somebody says, I use it all the time, that makes sense too. That's what's great. You know what I mean? You can get – there's so many different ways to come up with music. There's The the answers are infinity, which is why I think we could talk about it for 115 episodes (laughs) of this. We could talk about music forever because it's just – I mean, it's just forever. Uh, Big – Big Bo, I'm going to say Bo, Boke, Kip, Bo, Big Bo Kipped something. <laughs> this is that blue GNL. Wow. Yeah, that one right there. you're on the listening to the podcast right now i'm pointing out a really pretty blue GNL that does it is not blue it's green and in this camera looks blue it's funny um but it's really funny about that was when i bought it i bought it new off a dealer off reverb and it looked blue in the picture that they had on reverb when i got it it was green and i sent him a picture and then the owner said he was colorblind he wouldn't know and i was like Okay, I don't know what I just wanted him to know that his camera was picking up the wrong color, <laughs> so I I didn't care. Um, I I as you guys know I got the GNL this green GNL. Oops, that I uh again if you're watching the our listening podcast I'm pointing at the green GNL right now. Uh, got that from GNL. And I loved it so much that I got that one, and um, uh, so now I have the set and they're different. They're uh they're a uh, same guitar but the green one has a thicker neck, hardtail bridge. And the blue blue flake one, or uh, basically, has a tremolo with a thinner neck. Other than that, they're the same, but different body woods. Uh, one's alder and one's basswood. Very cool. I like it as well. Um, so, uh, Peter Kovac says, "What is the perfect guitar for a freckled guy?" I don't know. Do they make a guitar with an umbrella? That would be like I don't know my wife is uh redhead and freckled and so um yeah so uh no so the sun is no moss no good right so i think you'd want a guitar that either dispenses uh sunscreen or has an umbrella that would be the best guitar for a freckled person that would be my guess my kids unfortunately picked up my wife's uh uh, advertisement to the sun so they can't handle the sun either (laughs) <laughs> it's a house full of Draculas, is what it looks like in my house. <laughs> so there you go. Uh which worked out because I have no hair on my head. And if you guys are shaving your head out there and you're bald and you know what I'm talking, you know I'm talking about, you can't go out in the sun. I got that asked that question uh recently about the hat. You know, I was wearing the hat and uh, I'll, i I said I wouldn't tell you guys. I'm gonna take the hat off now. Ah, look how red my head is from the hat. I'm gonna leave it on. <laughs> Okay, so the hat, this is what happened with the hat. Um, I I have, I was in the service. <laughs> Notice I point to my head when I say that because they program you, right? It took me 10 years after I got out of the army to not walk on grass. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that being said, it is instinctive for me to take my cap off uh, or my cover, I should say, if I'm going to be correct, my cover when I go inside. Well, when I made videos, I was inside. So in my house, inside, uh, uh, you know, at work, I don't wear my hat because I'm inside. When I go outside, because I live in Arizona, it's 110 and, uh, uh, and the sun's out all the time and I don't want skin cancer, I wear a hat. So in the videos, I never wore a hat. In public, I was always wearing a hat and I got a couple people who bumped into me and asked me if I was wearing a hat so I'd be incognito and it made me feel so silly when they said that then I just started purposely wearing the hat more on the videos. And that's why you see now sometimes I have the hat. Sometimes I don't. That's what the deal with the hat is. I just thought I'd share. I don't know why it's all from freckles, but there there's that. We're never going to talk about guitars in this video. I know it. Okay. so <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see. Um, right. Okay. Uh, next thing, uh, we got some more questions. Hold on. We'll switch over guys guys by the way something that somebody mentioned to me you don't have to ask a question you can also bring up a subject and we can talk about subjects too something that's really interesting um now that being said we're going to talk about hanner gunson hanner gunson says tgu beer money oh yeah tgu beer money whoo i'm sure you know i'll be surprised if we get the drink uh we're kind of gonna probably work like crazy but man i hope you're right hanner and thank you for the beer money it's really cool. The There's something really cool happening at, after TGU, but I can't talk about it. And um, I, I don't know why I just brought that up because I don't know. I guess I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, anyways, but I, I guess I just want you guys to know next week that after TGU when normally uh, a lot of the YouTubers are flying back and you'll see me flying back. I'm not flying back. I'm doing something else and then there'll be content from that and that content will come out immediately. So you'll be a little shocked. Let's just say uh, next week, next Friday, there's a live show. The announcement, even though I'll be in Germany for the live show, the announcement will be the time. It'll be a different time than normal time, but I'll make the announcement during the week and it's going to be a live show from Germany somewhere special doing something fun. There you go. So there you So I guess it was okay to talk about a little bit. Uh, Mike says, enjoy a set of strings on me, Mike. That's great. I appreciate that. Uh, In fact, it's funny that you did that super chat that way. I literally just did a video about strings and uh, uh, that will be releasing. I think that's going to be Monday's video. I might put it on a Sunday. So like I said, you'll see in June, a lot of videos because I've been stocking them up. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. So uh Matthew Overman says, You rock, send me a free guitar for this donation. Fair. That's a fair trade. Two bucks, I'll send you a guitar. It'll have to probably be a Harley Benton and Broken for two bucks. No, I'm just kidding, man. Uh thank you. I uh I don't know. I don't know how to do that. We did, we gave away some guitars. Um, I still owe a guitar to somebody. In fact, they just finished this, all the stuff we've ever given away. I got finally all of it shipped out. We had a big, I want to say kerfuffle. Is that the way <laughs> that even makes sense? But we had an issue with, a. a uh, a pedal board. We sent a pedal board out, but what happened was we missed the email where the person did claim the prize. So, so we went to the next person, and sent them the pedal board. Then the first person said, No, I never got my pedal board. So we had to reship a different pedal board to them. So I got that all handled. So that, Matthew, I guess that's my way of saying uh, we'll give away another guitar very soon, but I just don't know when. Uh, soon, though, within the week, I think. Uh, Sean Brown says, Most comfortable guitar shape sitting and standing. Well, that's a strat, man. Any string strat style uh it's super super comfortable fits all the curves If you got uh you know your avatar looks a little thin so you don't have to worry about it but if you're like me you're a little round in the spots they got the car cutouts for your round spots <laughs> which is nice if you're thinner it's still comfortable so uh okay what else do we got um you guys are literally talking back and forth about the two gnls which is awesome John Stevens says, is it bad to never have your guitar set up? You know what, John? I have met uh, players that have played for 20 years. No exaggeration. could have been even longer that can out that are just phenomenal players. And one day I'd be to have them discuss with them and they didn't even know what a setup was. They didn't even know they just to them. In fact, you know, who's a good example of that? I think I, I hope I'm not wrong. I thought Johnny Bean from the Johnny Bean show told me that uh, once that he doesn't, his guitars, like however they play is how they play. So like he has a guitar with high action and that's just his high action guitar. And then there's a guitar with low action. And that's just his low action guitar. And that's not actually that uh, uncommon. I've met players that are just like that. They're like, Oh, I like this guitar because it plays best. And then I looked and I go, well, you can make all your guitars play like this. And they're like, yeah, but this is the one that plays nice. So I play that one. And that's the one. So no, there's nothing weird about that. Uh, it just you know, I will tell you this though. I think everyone should make sure your guitar is set up at least one guitar gets set up so you can experience it. You know what I mean? To see if it's worth anything. So, the where it's a where 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 you're where you're the most important to to understand when it comes to setups is some people don't understand this is more important than what I was saying about the person who's playing the guitar with me, high action doesn't know what a setup is. Sometimes people need a setup. Or think they need a setup and they don't. In other words, they get a guitar and it plays fine, and they're like, "Oh, I'll get a setup." And they take it, and then somebody makes some adjustments, and they go, "Yeah, I don't notice a difference." And I'm like, "Well, you can only improve a guitar so much." I used to, um, I guess I still do, but not really. But uh, I used to when people were ringing guitars to me and the and they'd say, "Hey, I want to get the setup," I would play it sometimes and go, well, "What's what's wrong with it?" And they'd be like, "I don't know. I just think it needs a setup." And I'm like, "But I mean." And, and, and I try to be fair before I charge them 50, 60 to $70 to go and then hand it back to them and then go, yeah, I guess it's right. <laughs> so, I mean, you really should try to, uh, you know, learn a little bit about setups to see if it applies to you and what it is, if you need it. So Shannon Moore says, where do I get my amp stands? Ikea. I'll put a link in the description. I did it a couple of weeks ago too. I'll keep doing it. Cause, uh, even, uh, uh, my buddy Larry texted me one day and he's like, Hey, where do you get those? They're in the weirdest spot in Ikea. I can't remember if they're towel racks or shoe racks. I forget where I keep finding them. I have to go on Ikea and look them up and find them, but they're basically like towel racks for the bathroom. I think I'm finding them in the bathroom section, something like that. Um, and they come in colors. I think they come in this, this is the maple and I think they have a cherry wood looking one. So, Okay. Uh whoops, let's re we have a good question from Bob. He's got a two first names. He's Bob Bill Nolan. So he says, hello, Marshall Class Five. Uh and wait. Okay, re- re- Marshall Class Five. I want a 212 cab. Would I put 8 ohm or 16 ohm speakers in the cab? The amp has both six, eight, or sixteen ohm outputs. Cheers. Okay. So he's basically got. Um, a roulette head and a Marshall Class 5 head. And so I know the Marshall Class 5 does 8 or 16. And so you have a 212 cabinet. Would you put it 8 ohms or 16? It just depends. If both heads can switch 8 or 16, you can match them up fine. The most 212 cabinets, in my experience, are 8 ohms. That's the majority of them, right? Um, some are 16 ohms. It depends on how they wire them and what speakers are in them. But, uh, the amp has both eight and 16. It doesn't matter. It just depends. So, you know, if you have an eight Ohm head, you can run into a 16 cab or an eight Ohm cab. If you have a 16 Ohm head, you have to go into a 16 Ohm cabinet, right? You can keep increasing the resistance. Just don't decrease resistance. I I hope that makes sense. I have a video about that. So you can, I'll put a link when I do the index. More importantly, it's just, just remember, um, you know, um, and my buddy uh, once said, who's an uh, am- amazing amp builder, he says, when in doubt, eight out. Uh, and I know that sounds silly to say it. I always say it because it just always reminds me, just eight ohms out. And I just caught another amp builder, so you know, a really prestigious one. And he said that, not in a video. He just said it. Uh, where we're, I forgot where we were at. And uh, I was like, oh, so it must be something amp builders know. They say it a lot. Uh, Gary says, hey, how important is compression to getting a good metal tone? and could you recommend uh some good compressors yeah um compressors i don't know if they're good for getting metal tone Uh, i think in maybe recording you know you use the compression in the recording because you can tighten up that the, the performance maybe with the drums and the guitar and stuff um but to me if you're using a compressor as a guitar player and you're saying metal to me what i'm gonna imagine in my head is all you're doing is creating a lot more hiss level noise level And you're going to take a huge chance that the distortion is just going to overtake the compression. In my mind, compression adds sustain. Compression is about uh you know obviously compressors to make the low uh low noises you know kind of in the middle and the high noises in the middle and kind of even out the sound that's one part of compressor but a main part for compression for guitar players is sustain. they like to they like what it does how it adds the, the note stays around longer distortion already does that so i think they're redundant compression and distortion um there's no rule that says you can't use both you can do whatever you want but i'm you're going to get more noise and i'm going to no, know i'm going to Bet that in most cases, if you're running metal gain, uh, you're gonna that compressor is gonna disappear. Um, that being said, uh, the compressors that I like a lot obviously, Lawrence has got a new one. I'm playing it now, I like it LPD pedals. But uh, since it's not out yet, I'll just give you the one that I the other one I use, which is the um, Ego compressor by Wampler pedals. Yeah, that thing's sick um, for metal, right. I'm giving you a metal compressor because I think the, the, I think those compressors like the Wampler one seems to have a low noise threshold for me. So again, that's something I factor in. I like the boss compressor and the MXR compressors as well too. But I think when you add metal distortion, they get really noisy, a lot of hiss. So more than I think you're going to want to deal with. Uh, there you go. All right, let's find a non pin question. How we do on time. We're doing great. Uh, Okay, so Joseph people says hey Phil Mexican strat new tusk nut did not fix the issue when I bend strings They come back flat Must use trim to get back in tune help want to want to lock the trim So, okay, so lock mean like block it but blocking it because you're using the trim um, the tusk nut should make a big improvement, but again what you're saying is uh, when you're bending the strings come back flat. I'm assuming you mean bending with your fingers and not bending with the tremolo arm and uh, the next thing you do is you got to lubricate the nut. Just because it's a tusk nut, that just means it's good material. The question now becomes what gauge strings are using. So for instance, if you bought a stock tusk nut, they do a very basic nut slot cut on those and those will fit. I I you know what I don't I never asked tusk and maybe it's specified on the website if it's their their pre-cut for tens. That's my guess. Tusk is cut pre-cut for tens, like 10 to 46. Um but the question is, you know, if you're using bigger strings than that, you have an issue. Um, it could be the type of strings you're using. So, you know, if you're using something like uh, NYXLs that are more steel content than nickel, they're going to be more abrasive and they could actually have more of a cutting action into the nut. And again, they're not gliding as smoothly. So you could check the issue. Um, the big thing that I I, I would tell you to do now is once you fix the nut, once you change the nut out, that's, that's, that's 90% of the problem right there. You've got it, whether it's still happening or not. Trust me, you got rid of a lot of the problem. Now I would go ahead and do some lubricant, uh, put lubricant in those slots. You can use a pencil, use a pencil lead, which is really graphite, which is why it works. You can use powdered graphite. You can use Vaseline. I don't know if I'd want to use that, but again, I'm thinking of things you might have so you don't have to make a purchase. If you are going to make a purchase, Big Ben's nut sauce is great. Lubricant is my favorite, which is by Daddario. Um, Any of that stuff works great. Um, what else? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Don't use like actual lubricants though. Don't use like, you know, WD-40 and, you know, uh, you know, grease gear grease and stuff. But anyways, um, do that and uh, see if that helps. But my guess is, and then the other thing is, is that we're still using the wrong term. And we've talked about this before, Joseph, um, which is you're saying, uh, when you bend the strings, they come back flat. They, 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 is I used to have, I should say used to, I still do. I have a friend who says they is a four letter word. He hates it when everybody says they, he says, they say, and he goes, who are they? Tell me who they are. And he says, because they never really fo- solves a problem. So here's why I'm, I'm telling you that Joseph, uh, they means all f- six strings are doing that. And that tells me one thing, but if it's two strings, that tells me something else. So what I want you to do for me, buddy, for, for next week's show um, is, do it again, you know, right? Do what you're st- doing, play it. When it goes out of tune, when they go flat, what strings went flat? What strings didn't go flat? That starts telling you a story. You know what I mean? That starts un- making you understand where the problems could be. You could have a nut, you could have a bad tuning key if it's just one string. If it's two strings, sometimes two strings make you feel like all the strings. And then what happens is because you're using a tuner to, to get to fix the two strings are out of tune, you're noticing that the other strings are m- microtonally flat. In other words, maybe the tuners telling you they're slightly flat, but really your ear couldn't detect that. So to me, sometimes they're getting grouped into the problem, but they're not there. To me, there's a difference between you hit a note and then the string is now flat and you can hear that versus you're playing, everything's fine. And then you get your tuner on there and you notice it's a couple cents off and the tuner's telling you that it's a flat, but you wouldn't really notice that. So again, let's be very specific. What strings that's going to help us fix that problem. Uh, that's like I said, and then write stuff down, write stuff down what you're doing. And that will help you again, work through the, with, uh, work through the, um, uh the problem there you go all right uh next we have dream machine dream machine says hey phil thinking of getting a seymour duncan and andromeda delay pedal uh and opinions on it if not this one uh what is your favorite delay pedal my favorite delay pedal has been the same favorite delay pedal since it's not here because it's on my pedal board is the acid reflux by taurus pedals um that literally is, I think, my first video I ever did. Pedal delay video I ever did. It's my favorite delay pedal. I, I literally, I'm the opposite. If you like really complicated uh, delays with lots of knobs and tap tempos, that's you're We're not in the same boat, so I wouldn't take any of my advice. <laughs> uh, I I I, uh, I use a DD3 a lot because I saw a video of Joe Bonamassa and he said, I don't know, I just put all the knobs at straight up at 12 o'clock, and I thought that's the pedal for me dumbed down and easy to use for delay. So I use the DD three and then I got the acid reflux and I like that as much. Um, but I also use like, uh, uh, what's it? the carbon Copy is good. I'm looking at my pedals right now, but really for delays, I really use the acid reflux and the the boss D three. I have a bunch of others. I have delays from like Wampler. I have delays from all kinds of companies. Um, but those are the ones I stick to. They're, They're very true. I like delay. I call it atmospheric delay. I like delay to be like kind of left on in the background it's not really a process it's not about part of my songwriting process or a song that i'm playing i just like to turn it on and kind of make it warm up the sound so those are the ones i use um i haven't tried seymour duncan andromeda pedals Uh, i reached out to seymour duncan a couple times and they basically uh, i think they got it covered when it comes to youtubers covering their stuff they don't need me adding any input (laughs) so uh i just moved on you know what i mean so i I just don't have any connections with that checking out that stuff and um i'm not a huge seymour duncan fan for the most part i don't know and so i don't i don't know stuff's okay i just i don't know in fact i was just talking about that with a buddy of mine i'm looking around now yeah see none i was oh yeah just that one guitar that's the one guitar i have one guitar with uh seymour duncan's i've slowly whittled them out of my collections and i thought that was kind of weird so that's the good topic for a second. Everyone ever noticed that? I used DiMarzio pickups almost exclusively, nothing else, for like probably the first 10 years of playing. And then one day, like like I woke up. I mean, I'm, it didn't really happen like this, but it felt like this. I feel like I just woke up one morning and I went, I like Seymour Duncan now. And all my guitars had Seymour Duncan. And then like that went through as a series. And then like maybe a year ago, same thing. I like woke up and I went, I like something else besides Seymour Dungan. <laughs> so it's weird to me. Uh, uh, really, really, I would love it if you guys would put comments, uh, especially in the rebroadcast, if you've ever done something like that. I feel like uh, that isn't really maybe as common as <laughs> as I was hoping it would be. But yeah, that's how I feel. Um, so, And then SuperJet113 says, okay, who doesn't like the JB? I still like the JB. It's just, again, I... Just I don't know what it is. I I don't want to say it's fatigue, but it's almost like you know, you like the sound, you get used to it for so long, and then slowly you just kind of morphed out. Really, where really what I'm into now, which is crazy, is varieties of pickups. It's like they're all over the place. Like I have the GNLs with GNL pickups. In fact, they asked me if I wanted Duncan's in them, and I said, No, please put your pickups in there. My Gibsons have Gibson pickups, uh, my PRS have PRS pickups. Um my Fenders have Fender pickups in them for the most part. So I've been sticking almost stock lately. But I got some Bare Knuckles, and I'm really liking those. Oh, those are nice. Um, and then some weird ones, too. I've been trying Shep tones; Those are cool. Uh, Wolf Tones are really cool. The Blue Moon pickups. I'm actually digging all the weird... I don't want to say weird. This seems really dis, uh, just disrespectful to these small builders. But all the smaller, unique paddle, uh, pickups. I used to stay away from those. I think it's because I always kind of perceived them as being too pricey. And then slowly over time, I just kind of dug them. You know what I mean? So, But also, I also use uh, inexpensive pickups too. I think I was talking about this using some guitar fetish stuff lately. Yeah, Gr- Robert Grammer, uh, Gamer says, uh, oh, Garner, sorry. Robert Garner says, Lindy Fralins are, are yeah, Lindy Fralins are great. Yeah. Howlin' Wolf tones. Yep. I have those. So boutique pickups. And again, it's not about boutique expensive pickups. It's about different pickups because I like the Wiggins pickups I have. I love, I have a set of Wiggins pickups. I've been debating. I should probably review that. I have a set of H Humbucker single single Wiggins pickups in my Strat. That's my main Strat. You guys just haven't seen it. I've had it in there for a while. Um, so there you go. Uh, next question comes from Brett Verby and he says, happy Friday. It's happy Friday. <laughs> just got my first tube amp PRS MT 15. So that's the Tremonti 15 and an orange PPC 112 cab. It sounds amazing. Thanks again for your advice a few weeks ago. Awesome. That is a great amp. Somebody just asked me about that. What I liked better that or the runt. And I was explaining that the clean channel on the MT 15 is sick. I had the MT 15. I did the review of it and I, I, I stand by this to this day. I got rid of that amp only because I already had the Archon, and I really think that if I didn't have the Archon, I would have got the MT-15. In fact, I think if I didn't have the Archon, I would have got the MT-15 and been happy with it, but already having the Archon, it seemed like they were redundant. They almost are almost identical amplifiers to me. I think the Archon's cleans but Again, it's hard to say, because say, I'm saying the Archon's clean's a little fuller sounding, but it's also 50 watts versus the 15. Um, but I like the Archon just a hair more, but the sad thing is the Archon is what 1500 dollars to the to the PRS MT15 600 dollars It's uh but I already had made the purchase. I already had the um I already have the Archon. So yeah, good amp. I love it. Hannah Gunson says, best guitar for two left hands. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Two left hands. I know what two left feet are, right? Two left hands. If you have two left hands, I don't know. What's the best guitar? Uh, Let's see. Well, let's work this out. I have a left hand here, and then this hand would be a left hand. I'm like, I I don't know. Well, you know what? I think you're fine. You're the same guitar. Because if you had a left hand, you just... If my hand was flipped upside down like this, right? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. If my right hand was left-handed, right? Uh, I'd hold a pick the same way. (laughs) So, you're fine, Hanner. Don't worry about it. But thank you for the, that might go down as the weirdest question ever. All right. Let's go to a non-pen question. Uh, Let's see. Here we go. That was great. Uh, Oh, Michael says, "Ah, Phil, I'd love to see the wiring for my HH Strat. strat." Um, I have two HH Strats. uh, So I can do that. The one, this one the the and for the podcast i'm pointing at my green strat which is just an american professional stock uh it has their wiring and i'm not a big fan of it so you know <laughs> uh because i don't like i don't like the way it sounds in positions four and two but i like the humbuckers i like the way it sounds so I, and i'm i I like again i follow my own advice i like the way it sounds So i don't mess with it i it, just because i don't like those two positions i don't use those positions very much either ways but um yeah i could probably do that um that should be interesting. I'll see what I can do on that as maybe I, I might even have the schematics. So maybe I just upload as a PDF onto the website You know, maybe that's another thing. I got PDFs on it I got a PDF page on the website that all kinds of PDFs. In fact, I, I like Sweetwater's new 55-point inspection You can go there and if you don't want to download it and see what they do uh, To their guitars and uh, all kinds of the stuff, you know, inspection sheets and stuff Maybe I can just download a lot bunch of my schematics too on there. So Yeah uh, and then Avery wants us to know that if you had two left hands, you'd palm mute, palm mute differently. That's absolutely true. Um, so, uh, and Robert wants you to know if you got two left hands, you can use a daisy rock. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, next, next question we have is... <laughs> okay, well, next question is we got from... It just jumped. Now you guys got to be in suspense for a second. From D Mike, right? D Mike 03. D Mike 03 says, hey, Phil, my Strat has a bad hum coming through my amp. No matter what position I'm in, but if I touch any metal part of the guitar, it goes away. Well, first, this is the, let's start with the easy part. That's what a guitar is supposed to do. So you understand that like when people take their hands off the guitars and they're like, it's humming. I'm like, yeah, right But you're you're when you're playing you're touching it and that kills that grounds it out That's part of how a guitar especially guitar with single coils is gonna kind of work. So To a degree that's okay (laughs) Okay now When we say humming, there's a difference between the 60 cycle hum that's kind of atmospherically going on and a ground loop, which is also kind of going on because, right. And of course this overwhelming thing. So really this becomes an issue of not whether or not it's okay or not. It's about making sure that we go through and we do some, some, uh, some diagnostics. So the first thing you want to do is want to make sure that everything is grounded correctly that's important one of the first things you can check is easy take the tremolo cover off the back of the three springs and make sure that that wire is soldered to the claw grounding that out to the to the uh, pick guard uh that's the first thing you do if that wire is is broken then there's your problem if it's intact you're going to need to take the pick guard out and now we're going to need to look in the pick guard look for anything that's broken frayed cold solder joints anything that's not connected that's the second thing then once we determine all the wires are connected, now we have to decide if there's a missing wire, something that they didn't put in. So maybe that you got it used or maybe they were just defected from the gate. Um, make sure that that's happening. Uh, another thing you can do is look at about shielding the cavity. Although I'm really nervous about all these recommendations to you because you're saying in positions two and four, you're getting the hum too, and those really should cut it down. So at the very least, Uh, even if they're humming in position two and four, if you don't notice it, drop the hum a little bit, then we know that we have a really big issue, like a ground issue. So I'm thinking that probably your biggest problem is you have a ground issue. So you need to go through and look for that wire. It's going to be self-explanatory. Okay. Waterford giant did a bunch of beer emojis and one of these emojis, and then a smiley face with (laughs) the glasses. And it says, couldn't help myself with the emojis. You know, we're all emoji fans now. Uh, usn color 216 says do you own a sheraton are they worth the dough I don't own a sheraton Uh, I've played a few and I've set up a few in the uh, back in the day and I like them I like I like Epiphone hollow body guitars I like them a lot they're my favorite hollow body guitars that aren't crazy expensive I find that when it comes to hollow body guitars for me it is either, I like I like some of the Ibanez's. I like some of the Washburn's. I really like the Epiphone's, probably more so than those other two, but I, I, Ibanez is a second favorite to me next to Epiphone. And then right after that, I like right into the crazy expensive ones. I mean, when you pick up like Collings and, uh, or Collins, whatever, and then, uh, you know, the Gibson ones and, oh, just any of the high-end ones are just fantastic. I love them, but I think Epiphone does a fantastic job. So definitely... Uh, here's what's funny. I never for some reason think any of the hollow body high-end guitars are worth it when I pick them up I go man, this is great But I don't know if it's worth four grand But when you pick up a Sheraton, I always think yeah, this is very reasonable for what you're getting uh quality wise so uh, Yeah, I like it if you think about getting one. I don't think you can go wrong Uh, in fact at the beginning of the year remember we started this year was saying I wanted to get a hollow body epiphone and I never did it, you know, but I haven't I have tried so, you know, I did not I don't I didn't want to buy a guitar online I was looking and and where I go, no one has any. Not a selection to look for. Um, Tim Farnsworth, do you use a pricing standard when selling used guitars on reverb? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like their pricing standard, i.e., 70% of the original retail for mint, 60%, et cetera, 50% BG. Uh, any added value, if including aftermarket locking hard shell case? Thanks. I just sold some guitars on reverb this week. Uh, and uh, I, you know, they gave that suggestion thing. And I, What I do is how I look at that pricing your used gear is one of two ways. Do you want to move it or would you like it to go, you know, so is it it about you want to get the maximum amount of money for it or you want it to go away? You have to decide that before you sell something. If I want to go away, what I do is I go and look what they're going for and I undercut everybody by a buck. It only takes a dollar, right? So if there's like four on the internet and like yours, we're all saying they're equivalent. They got four on there and they got the same kind of description, same thing. 899, right? 800, 750. I'm 749. I want mine to pop every time somebody sees it's $1 cheaper. Uh, I'll do that. So I'll make sure it's just mine's the cheapest. If it's just about putting it up for sale and I just put it, I don't even think about what the market cares. I just put it for the price I want to get for it. And then it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant to me what people are willing to pay because either somebody will pay my price or it will rot cause I'm ready for it to rot. Um, I don't do that too often, but sometimes I do that there. And sometimes I go fishing, you know, you fish for buyers, just like you you know, just like you fish for customers. Um, fishing is where I'll put something out a little higher than I think it's worth to see if anyone's willing to pay more for it. So, and I've done all three of those in the last month. All three of those, I've done all I, successfully. I've put something out a little higher that I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't know if anybody's gonna pay this, but I don't really want to sell it, but I kind of need the room and somebody bought it. And then I put something again, uh, uh like literally 10 bucks cheaper than everybody else. And it sold within 24 hours. And, um, so there you go. The other thing I look at, you know what? I look at Tim really uh, a lot when I'm selling stuff on reverb and, and you could say, use this definitely for eBay too, is how many are for sale right now? Sometimes I go to list something and I'll pull up the used market and there's like 52 of them or 500 of them And I'm thinking oh my goodness, man, it's just gonna get washed out there So because I tell you that's how I buy man when I go on reverb to buy I don't care if it's new or used If there's if if I go on reverb to buy a new I don't know. Let's say a Gibson Les Paul And there's 600 of them listed new I'm not paying the, the price everybody's asking. I'm getting a deal Trust me. There's, I'll just keep, I'll go one dealer after another, just offering a low, the, the offer, the lower offer. Will you take this? Will you take this? Will you take this? Will you take this? I don't care if they have an offer button or not. Somebody's going to want to sell that thing because there's too many listed. So, and I think it's easy to figure that out. Sometimes, you know, what was it that I was looking at the other day that was making, making me laugh? Like it was some rare guitar and it pulled up and there was like, 50 60 of them listed which is crazy but so you know some guitars you can't find any on reverb and then that's the time to price your guitar up because you got one of the few ones for sale so that's what i take into consideration for me but i do like using their price guides as reference i think it's a cool option uh one doming says uh what strat pickups do you recommend that have a hot bridge a modern sound not noiseless a la nick johnson not seymour duncan tex hot um that's a good question. Hot bridge. You know, I, I guess the question I have for you is do you really want a hot output single coil for your bridge, or do you want a mini humbucker or a humbucker? See, I think hot bridge, I did this so so Juan, let me tell you what I did. I, I used to I used to do exactly what you're talking about. I used to put always put a hot single coil on the bridge and and then two lower outputs in the middle and the neck. And I that's you know, that's a real common for strat guys. And over the years, I just kind of realized, you know. I did that because aesthetically, that's what a Strat looks like, three single coils. But after a while, I realized a mini humbucker will still give you the same kind of look, and it's going to outperform any of those hot uh, single coil pickups. And also, nothing wrong with putting a humbucker in it. But again, I get it. It's aesthetics thing. Some people think of a humbucker uh, HSS Strat. Or humbucker, humbucker strat is very '80s and not, you know, not classic looking. So I understand the idea of trying to be classic. Mini humbuckers, but I actually think mini humbuckers are seriously underrated, all of them. Um, The, uh, in fact, I can tell you right now, the Silver Sky is on 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 loan to me from PRS. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to buy one now, you know, yet. If I buy the Silver Sky, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put a mini humbucker in the bridge like a mini one, like I'm going to try to get, even get like a near narrow field from PRS or something. But that the idea is that I, I, like I said, I think you can achieve what you want with a mini humbucker and you get that tone and it just sounds great. And I know some people are like, yeah, but you want the classic single coil tone. But I think that's what the mini humbuckers give you is they give you that, they, um, uh, they give you that, uh, that the, the field, it gives you that kind of chimey, chirpy tone uh joshua garcia because this is a counter argument joshua says garcia says uh nope i'm sorry uh i'm sorry josh i'll get to yours too uh but brian miller which was right above him said no way a humbucker can ever sound as clear or as as clean as a single coil and um that's not that's not I'm not saying that's not right. Cause obviously you're, you know, there's, there's a lot to what you're saying. I agree with you. There's something about single coils in the tone, the way they work. But what I can tell you is that no matter what humbuckers you put in a strat, it still retains a strat tone. That's one thing about strats that are kind of weird. You just can't unstrat them. Right. Um, you, they always, so even when I, you know, like my strat was two humbuckers, it still has a kind of straty tone to it. You know what I mean? um, so i understand what you're saying sonically but again sometimes not everything has to be so specific like i i I think you can get away with the mini humbucker a lot of times but uh, I like, let me put it this way. I think I've decided over time I like mini humbuckers more than I like noiseless single coil pickups. How about that? Which are also just mini humbuckers. So I've decided to just kind of lean into it Instead of lying to myself and getting a stack mini humbuckers single coil. I get the little mini side-by-sides. I think they sound a little better, even though aesthetically they don't look the same way. So, uh, but Josh or, uh, Brian, you have a good point too. Joshua Garcia says, do you think wood weight on Les Paul changes tone? Um, I think you know, that's what the whole argument of the tone wood debate was that you can't tell the difference between a maple body and a mahogany body. And my argument is, I think people were using that term loosely. Again, I think the tone wood thing got really uh, interesting at the beginning because it I didn't remember anyone actually thinking that the wood specifically, the, the species changed the tone. I thought we were all talking generally. Like, in other words, what I mean by that is mahogany and maple are different woods, but to me, it's not about the type of wood it's about the density of a wood how heavy it is so to answer your question yeah i think a, a heavier guitar uh has is denser right it's not physical about weight otherwise you could just put coins inside the cavity or something but i mean physically denser wood i think vibration moves differently through it and if the argument and i'm, I'm using the tone wood argument uh, that there is no such thing as a tone wood to justify this logic, which is if you believe that there's no such thing as tone wood, that you believe that the pickups are going to hear the sound. Well, they're hearing the strings. So anything affects the string is going to affect that sound. I mean, it's just how they vibrate. They vibrate differently. So I think, yeah, denser woods can have an effect on strings. Um, but do I think like, and just so we're clear, cause that's an extreme. What I mean by that is if you got a really heavy, really dense guitar, Can it sound different than a really light guitar? I think it's possible. But if you're telling me like 7.2 pounds to 7.8 pounds, am I going to hear a difference? No. (coughs) Sorry. I'm not going to hear a difference between a 10 pound and eight pounder, but I think you can, you know, heavy, Les Paul, dense one and a light one. I think you can hear a difference. But part of the problem with that too, when we're talking about Les Pauls is understand a lot of times they're light. It's because they're also chambered. You know what I mean? They're weight relieved that can have an effect too. Again, I think anything that affects the vibration of the string can have an effect on the overall sound to some degree. I think that's a logical statement. Although, if somebody told me one day and proved it was all wrong, I'd be like, okay, that too. <laughs> so, you know, that's what's great about this. I have my theories. You guys have theories. But I'm, I'm wait. If somebody proves me wrong one day, I'll go, okay, well, then that was a theory. We'll go to the next one. Um, Okay. So uh, (laughs) James Cruz says, what in the heck is an HH Strat? You know what? I like that question because I'm wondering about that myself because in my video this week, I said, can can my SG sound like an HH Strat? Everybody was like, why didn't you put single coils in? I'm like, but it's an HH Strat. HH stands for humbucker humbucker. So in fenders, there's SSS Strat, single, 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 HH, SS, humbucker, single, single, HSH, humbucker, single, humbucker, and humbucker, humbucker. So an HH strat is a humbucker, dual humbucker strat. It's a faster way to say that. Uh, I, th- that is something you uniquely see connected to strats, though. You don't see a Gibson ever say, HH, less Paul, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, Uh, Josh Reyes says, Tempe Guitar Center has a new 2019 Les Paul in TV Yellow. Have you checked out the new 2019s? Thoughts? I played one 2019 uh, so far, and the one I played, I really, really loved the neck. It was the 50s neck, and I thought it was one of the best Les Paul necks I have ever played. Um, That's it. That's it. They had one guitar. I was at the Mesa Guitar Center. They had one. It was the inexpensive uh, flat top one, and uh, I liked it a lot. Like I said, um, and I'll—I'm going to be trying some at Tome, and I'm sure Gibson's one of the companies are going. I would imagine they're going to have some Gibsons to check out. So I've kind of been waiting to see. Okay, uh, all right, hold on. Let's get to how we doing on time. We're running a little over, but that's okay. And we have, uh. We have Christopher. Christopher wants to know how come every 6505 plus or 6505 or 5150? uh, If you guys don't know, we're obviously talking about uh, uh, PV amplifiers, like PV Van Halen amplifiers. I get usually has a hum, doesn't change with the volume, it's just there. Is that normal? Hope so, LOL. This is where I really, I have, I know for a fact, a couple of you watching right now have a 5150 amplifier, a PB one. And some of you have a 6505. If you guys, he's asking a question. This is one of those things I, I understand his feeling, man, when you're going nuts and you're like, I mean, is it me? Is it supposed to be like this? If you guys, he's saying that he has a hum, is that normal? Can you guys please chime in on that? I have played a 6505 and a 5150 PB a few times in my life for a few minutes and i couldn't tell you much about them i've never had one in my my personal possession um i play i had. i own the 6505 mini head but mine was a defective uh was one of the first batch ones that had issues and then i got a second one and they fixed the issue but i think they ruined the clean channel on it by whatever they f- did to fix the hum in that one made the clean channel not so great anymore Uh, Matt R says, Phil, I sent you an email per your request about help with my strat, uh, and epi episode 110. Didn't hear back. I have not been answering any emails. I didn't answer. I don't think a single email all week. Um, because I've been working 12 hours a day doing content. Um, if you guys are patrons, a lot of you right now are watching patrons. The patrons know. Unfortunately, I'm I'm bound. I can't tell you guys what's going on, but I have something going on. And at the same time, I have get the 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 uh, the uh, what, Gearhead University coming, which means I have to have content next week and the week after for when I'm gone. So I made all the content I normally make in a week, but I made three w- three weeks worth in one week. Plus I'm doing additional content for something else, which you guys will figure out what that is soon. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure, um, I won't be announcing it here, but you'll see it. If you see my face somewhere else, <laughs> you'll be like, Hey, he's not on his channel anyways. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. That's why I, I just, i I'm obviously have some lots of airport time. It's going to be 23 hours of traveling to get to Germany. I have lots of time to answer emails. I usually answer all the emails like on stuff like that. I'll answer emails on the plane and uh, stuff like that. And then when I get to my, you know, whenever it connects to fi I launch them all out. Uh, Serang says, Hey Phil, how do you swap the magnet of a pickup? Uh, the stock Ivan mean is V seven or V eight pickups supposedly sound better. If you swap out their magnets with each other. Yeah. Um, You can do that. It's a very easy process. Uh, I don't think I want to describe it. What I'll do is I'll link it. I can link a video in the description. There's a ton of great videos out there. I never thought about making one on that because there's a lot of great videos on that. Swapping magnets is a very easy, straightforward thing to do. Um, The only thing that I will caution you about is that anytime you're working with pickups, you're working with the 42 gauge wire and the 43 gauge wire is super thin. And so you're always taking a chance. You might damage it. And once you damage it, you got to rewind the pickup. So it's the magnet swap part is not the hard part. But again, anytime you're messing with the pickups, you are going to be taking a chance that you are damaging the, the wire. Also keep in mind that a lot of times if you're really aggressive with working with your pickups, it's very probably a very prudent thing to buy a wax pot and repot them because if you've chipped off so much of the wax, you're going to get some uh, microphonic issues with the pickups. So um, swapping the magnets not that hard um there's got to be a an online class on that i'll I'll do some research and i'll i'll tag it in the thing and then if not if there's not something out there i guess i'll make the videos i just did 25 repair videos um the only thing is you guys don't get this well it's not get to you guys won't see them until after the patrons the patrons are getting one a day right now um because it or not as the patrons make comments i adjust things before they go to you guys the chest the, the the patrons i figure if they're willing to give me a buck or a couple bucks a month they uh They probably won't beat me up for the mistakes they see in the videos. And I'm right. They don't. They just say, hey, did you know you said this when I meant this and you did that? And then I can make the changes, which is great. James Biles says, have a beer on me. James, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Probably tonight. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, who knows and then uh brian stewart hey brian what's up buddy says i just got a boss ge7 do you like it before or after the drive of and distortion pedals also duncan liberator volume pot ever try one thoughts okay those are two questions and we can answer those pretty fast and easy uh, i like the ge7 i have one one's right there on my shelf and do i use it um before or after the distortion um well it depends how i like to think of it is this way before the Distortion, you can kind of change the tonality, make the distortion broader, fatter. If you put it after distortion, you tend to get a more focused distortion. What I find happens is I call it the Pantera effect. Whenever you put EQ after distortion, you tend to get that really scooped out kind of Dimebag Daryl heavy, intense distortion. Uh, it's it's really cool. And um, but the thing I will caution you, it doesn't matter if you use it before and after distortion. What matters is how you EQ. I think a lot of times we just generally make the happy face, which is the mid scoop thing, which is not very good. Um, and I think it's for me on that particular pedal, what I learned to do is I always set the EQ flat in the center and then just start moving stuff. And then after you get something where you just makes, you keep making micro adjustments until you find that perfect, perfect kind of thing. EQ is a fun thing. Um, also keep in mind too, EQ also adds noise. So you're going to get more hiss and more volume, you know, more, more, um, uh, noise ratio with that pedal so it has nothing to do with boss it's i mean the boss one's not necessarily a quiet one but it's uh it's a eq is an adds noise always adds hiss um also duncan liberator volume pot did not like it it's not do not like it i know i man, i feel like i'm bashing on steamer duncan so you know the duncan people have been uh, Kathy Duncan's always been nice to me. I just want to say this, the, you know, I did the five things about Seymour Duncan. Uh, it's again, the Duncan company love them. I mean, there's, they even bought shirts and did some of the pictures of shirts, but I just, that particular piece, although, uh, that particular liberator, liberator thing is not my cup of tea. The idea, I get what it is. You, you kind of, you know, you clip all the stuff on it and you just do the thing. It, I found that I found the time it takes to figure that stupid thing out. You can just learn to solder. <laughs> i'm old school i think everybody should just saw their own stuff all this clippy stuff it's cool if it works for you do it if you, it's a, it's a mentality thing if your mentality is that makes more sense you do that that's what i'll say instead of saying i don't like it if that's how you kind of process information you know if you just give me like a uh paint by numbers i'll do this do this and this then then you'll do it that's great do that I don't work that way that my brain I I don't know maybe it's ADD who knows what it is anyways um it, who knows what what's going on but if you give me a step plan uh, actually I disengage from that I kind of want to figure things out as I go and then once I got it I just kind of like to do what I know again so I kind of like to figure it out that way but uh the, so that's why I didn't like them when I did them and then I'm trying and also I'm thinking about the now I'm thinking of going maybe cuz I have done it so for so long Just with a soldering gun, doing it myself, maybe it didn't. It didn't feel like it saved me any time. Maybe to you, it'd be huge savings of time. So, this is probably a good point that if anyone's used Liberator, especially anybody who's not a luthier or a technician, I'd like to know your thoughts. But as a as me, I'm gonna if you know. So, if a customer brings me them, because that's when I did them. Customer would bring them to me. Uh, Every time I did one, I thought, man, I just wish they would let me just wire this thing up fast. (laughs) <laughs> so uh nathan Sanye, i know that dude what's up nathan uh just got the gila monster uh tagged you in the video on instagram uh why don't pedals come with power supplies like electric toothbrushes and other appliances i don't know actually i know the answer it's cost man it's cost power supplies cost a lot <laughs> So, uh, that's probably why plus not to mention, Nathan, you're thinking of it wrong, buddy The average the average guitar player would have 50 power supplies <laughs> Could you imagine? Now I want you to picture in your head all your pedals And now picture all the power supplies in a giant milk crate <laughs> And that's why they don't do that Uh, Michael Graves just did a super chat for no reason Thank you, Michael And, uh, let's go I'm gonna switch over to a non-pin question uh Oh yeah yeah. Uh the dog paw says if you solder wear glasses one good splat could be a disaster. Absolutely. I wear safety glasses uh every time I solder. Um Yes. I have um I have never flicked solder in my face. However, it's something that I've heard so many times. Um but so you know, my first experience soldering was in the army which means that the way I solder is a very specific way <laughs> because I got taught while being yelled at a little bit. So, um, yeah. So safety first, uh, is definitely, uh, you know, safety first. Yes. Uh, you know, if you guys, uh, for those of you who are in the service, know, safety first. All right. Um, okay. Uh, and it says, um, Gun- Gunky Zip says, any thoughts on about buying an old Gibson on eBay, Reverb from Japan, or other rare items, hidden extra cost fees, keep up the good work. Gunky Zip, I have no idea, but I, I like that you're talking about this because this is a great topic. This is probably my fi- favorite topic today. Uh, some, some of you have sent me emails about this. And uh and uh, about and i've seen it too there's a massive amount now of guitars and amps and things on ebay and reverb but really on ebay like eBay is like heavy like feels like 60% of the, the listings reverb is probably 20% of listings from japan it's all this stuff from japan like, and, and what's weird about it too, is it's multiples. Like even a guitar where it's like Paul, uh, Paul Gilbert guitar with chip in the, uh, you know, has two chips. They'll have like three listed, but all three have chips. A lot of stuff being sold from Japan. I don't know what that is. I know for a long time, Japan was buying up all that stuff because they had a big robust market for it. I don't know if there's an economy issue there. I don't know if the, the maybe the market's sagging a little bit. Um, but yes I'm noticing a huge amount of people selling from Japan uh, and I have no experience in it and like you I'm weary and that's probably what you're saying is hey do you know anything about it I don't know anything about it uh, if you anyone out here has bought some stuff and had some good experiences or bad experiences it's a good time to share I would really like to know because I I literally um, I literally have found some great stuff that I think I want to buy but I was a little freaked out because of that because that because like I'm like I don't know so I don't know don't know about hidden costs don't know if there's going to be uh, duty fees or anything i i just don't know so also seeing a little bit now from korea too little weird stuff like japanese guitar from korea and you're like okay but as a new guitar you know what i mean or out of production guitars i've seen that too on ebay now too out of production guitars what i can tell you is this um cuz i did a couple videos this is something i can't speak about cuz i did a couple videos about fake guitars and fake strings and stuff uh you guys reached out and drove telling me you're personal experiences of things that happen with fake things. I, I'm a little paranoid now. I've read and seen so much fake stuff that I'm actually, I've a, my now go-to is to assume everything is fake first and then go from there. I think that's the only way to be safe at this point. Um, the stuff that I've seen them clone and copy is a fake. It, it blows my mind. Uh, I, you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, of course, Gibson's and sirs. And now it's like, dude, I would not be surprised if there's fake Chinese Harley Bittens I, I I'm just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, although I can't imagine you'd be hosed if you got a fake Harley Bitten but I could definitely say the last thing you want to buy is a $2,000 fake guitar because I have a couple friends who did it and you can feel it, man. You can feel it in your gut, the pain that they're feeling where they realize that this, you know, they have this guitar. They don't want to sell it as a fake and they just lost two grand. It's not a good day. Um, okay. Uh, Jamie Arthur says, love the blue GL hanging on the wall. You going to do a video uh, with it? I uh, would love to hear it. Uh, it's in a couple videos. What video did I, just, did I just do with it? I just did a video with it. It's not a review of it, but I'm using it in videos. Um, there probably won't be a direct review of it for a little while now. There's a lot of videos that I have in a catalog now to release, and that's going to just, you know, I got to start releasing these videos. They're building up a little too much. Um, and so by the time I get that out, it'd be at least a month, but there you go. Um, Michael Graves says my Jackson warrior has fret buzz at the first fret with high action and a slight curve to the neck. Any remedy? Do you, do you need a new nut? Um, well, the crazy part is you're saying the first fret. Okay. So it has buzz at the first fret, not the open string, right? So it's not buzzing open. So, uh, if your first fret is buzzing, it's cause your second fret is too high. That's what's causing that. It's buzzing off the second fret. If you're hitting open, then it's your first fret. So you can systematically walk through and figure out what, what's hitting the string. Uh, buzzing is, well, I don't want to say friction buzzing is contact if you hear buzzing on a guitar it's hitting something a string like i said if you picture a string right now if i wrapped a string around each hand pull this tight and we we plucked it it wouldn't have any buzzing because it's just going to float in the air and spin so when a string is spinning and you're hearing any buzzing it's hitting something something is making contact because the string won't buzz without that Without that, given where you're talking about, it's happening. You're either it's the open string. It's your open string. It's your first fret's having the issue. And that could be your nut is cut too low or the first fret is too high. You'll have to determine that, uh, through a process. Or if you're fretting the first fret and it's doing it, no matter how high or low the action is, it's most likely going to be your second fret is the culprit. Start there. That's the first step. And then start working through the process Two gear cool name <laughs> uh tgif it's thank goodness it's friday or is it, thank god friday i don't know is that wrong to say that thank goodness it's friday and great channel guys thank you i appreciate that uh shogun gunku G- C- G- C- i i like said i hate it when i butcher names but we're gonna say it shogun uh G- gecko it's probably gecko shung gecko Shogun gecko shogun gecko shogun gecko that's how I'm seeing it now. Shogun Gecko. You know what it is? When all the word the letters together, sometimes all I gotta do is you hit that point where you see the, the split now. So I think it's Shogun Gecko. Says, hey, Phil, if I had to pick one, which would you choose? A 594 or a Paul's guitar? Paul's guitar. The pa- I um I have a 594. I reviewed the the Paul's guitar. They sent that to me. Um, they offered to sell me the Paul's guitar at a deal. And if I thought I could sell my 594 for anything close to what the Paul's guitar is, I would have bought the Paul's guitar. I like the Paul's guitar way more than my 594, but I have a 594, it's the, it's the thing. It kind of goes back to the MT-15 and the Archon thing. I already paid for the 594. So the problem is, think about this, the Paul's guitar is even more expensive now because I'll sell the 594 for less than I paid for it, lose the money on that, then take the money I get back from the 594, shove in the Paul's guitar. And then pay the difference. So it was just, it was different. But no, Paul's guitar. Paul's guitar was probably my favorite PRS guitar uh, I've ever played. uh, Sound-wise, for sure. In fact, oh, by far. Favorite pickups. Like, that was the first guitar I've ever played from PRS guitars. I thought, they're never going to sell these pickups. Because I would just buy these pickups. In fact, the Paul's guitar was great. It's the pickups. I'd just buy the pickups and shove shove them something. I'd shove those pickups in my 594. But there you go. All about guitar says, "Your thoughts on the Reflex model by Music Man? Um, I think I got asked this question before, and I didn't know what it was. Right, the Reflex. Um, let me look again. Hold on, so as we're button this up right now, uh, it looks like a. Am I missing something? Huh. All right, let me share the screen with you guys, so you guys can see too. Here you go. Kind of looks like the axis, right? It looks like a. Am I missing something? Is it the axis? Why does it look like that? Sometimes it sucks when I look stuff up because then later you guys go, "That's not it." <laughs> but from what I'm seeing, uh, this looks like uh, the axis, or you know, as we would call, like a Wolfgang, like the even hand guitar. Uh, my guess is, if it's anything like those, I like it. Uh, In fact, it already looks a little cooler than those. I would imagine it's cool. Music man makes great guitars, man. There's just, they're fantastic. Only complaint I have about music Man guitars. I like lighter guitars and a lot of the guitars are heavy. So for me, it's tough when I bought my last music man. It's like, I have to go through pages and pages of guitars, uh, online and in person to find one that's not, you know, eight, nine pounds. They're a little on the weighty side, but if that doesn't bug you, which most players don't care, yeah, you know, so, uh, Raymond says, got here late, uh, looking good, Phil. Hashtag no homo. Oh my goodness. All right, Ramon, I appreciate it. Um, it's okay um, to, to compliment another man. There's no problem with that. I've been married for 20 years. So 21 years. So uh, yeah, we're all good. Um, the uh, But thank you. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get down to my fighting weight. <laughs> I'm actually trying to... Every time I take long flights... I always try to lose a couple extra pounds because I feel like every single pound you can lose will make you just that much more comfortable on an airplane. Airplanes are, in fact, you know what? I really believe that people, especially in the United States, would not be fat if we were forced to fly once a week. (laughs) The airline industry could single-handedly cure the uh, obesity epidemic in in the United States, because literally I don't care how overweight or slightly overweight or whatever you are, every plane you get into it just, I I, do thin people feel fat on airplanes. It's just, there's no, there's no leg room. There's no room. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Lance Phillips says, Celestian V type in a fender frontman 40 thoughts. Um, Celestian V type. Mm, It's an okay speaker. Uh, in the front man 40 it's fine the what comes in the front man 40 because i think we talked about this before um i did a video it never saw the light of day because it was it was it was eh, dumb it was dumb i changed out the speakers in a in a, a fender uh a champion 40, not the frontman 40. I've changed up the speakers in the champion 40 and I put in a, a vintage 30 and I put in a a, a, a vintage 30, a green back and we put it, I think in a, a Jensen in it. And the stock speaker was better all the way around. So I don't know. Um, I think, I think it's fine, but I wouldn't upgrade the speakers. I, I, I wouldn't personally, so, But this is one of those things where, again, what's nice about having a community is some people can chime in now and say, yeah, oh, I did it and it was great, or I did it it was worth the time. But me, I think a lot of times with those uh, inexpensive solid-state style amplifiers, um, I think a speaker can be good, but it's like an experiment. Me, personally, I tend to like eminent speakers for those kind of amplifiers. To me, when the amplifiers generate all the distortion internally, you know what I mean, through, through transistors like a pedal would, I don't need a speaker to kind of enhance the breakup of that. I just want a speaker to amplify that perfectly the way it is. Eminences, is like especially the the higher wattage eminences, eminences, eminences. Wow. Uh sound really good. Uh Justin says compare a vertical 212 to a horizontal and tone difference. That's a great idea. Um, I'm sure that can happen. I uh I plan to uh review a horizontal Harley Benton cabinet. Actually, I actually I like the horse, uh, the, the vertical one a lot, and I would imagine uh, Harley Benton would, uh, be okay with that sending one out so we can do that. That's a video. I'm curious. I'm curious about, I-, I would like to do that video. Um, I'm sure they would be up for it. If they're up for it, I'll do it. I'll do the work. So, uh, one, two, three, Jim Thomas says, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and Curtis says, what's your thoughts on the PV classic 50 410 Thanks. Um, you know, that is probably my favorite PV amplifier. I'm trying to think if there's another PV, because there's a couple of PB amps that I really like, but the classic 50, the 410, it just is a great amp. In fact, here's what I think about that. The classic 50, let's say the 112 or the classic 30, 112 and the classic 50 212 I like them, but I couldn't say I like them maybe better than the hot rod deluxe and the hot rod DeVille. Uh, but the classic 5410, for some reason, I like it better than the hot rod DeVille 410. Um, and it's always been close, but I, I like it. So they're just heavy. Four tens are heavy. It's a lot of magnets, a lot of weight. So if you're willing to take it to a gig, good for you. If you don't have a gig, well, then it doesn't matter. Put it on a stand and enjoy it. And you can get good deals on them too, but great amps. Okay. Hold on. I'm jumping screens. And before I jump back, I just want to make sure I'm not missing something. And I'm not. Okay, and uh, thank you guys. This was a great episode. There was like 860 of us at one point, or 850 of us. You guys are awesome. I appreciate that you guys hang out and support this every week. Um, i got a cool announcement for you guys that hung out towards the end. It's, uh, the channel did 49 million views. That's uh, total views. So we're closing up on 50 million views. Something more important than the 49 million views was we just announced 48 million views. So we did a million views in almost two weeks. That was impressive. You guys are out of control watching these videos. But more impressive than that is watching the iTunes stats on this uh, live show podcast is slowly passing uh, the the YouTube channel. You more people are watching and are listening to this live show through podcast form than watching it on YouTube. So it's impressive because I really want to take note to you guys. This is you, everybody watching this, you do this. Um, this is great that we all hang out every week and do this. Um, we we have a very, very strong community here. And I'm very happy that I'm part of it. I'm really happy that you guys are part of it um, because of the fact that it is unique. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a bunch of cool people hanging out that love guitar and music and, um, Man, no matter what kind of week you're having, sometimes it's cool to know that that's coming up to talk about. Um, thank you guys. That's that's super awesome. Um, looking forward to you guys. Look forward to it. There's a lot of con- uh, content coming. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm probably start releasing it pretty quickly and then just start hammering you guys with it. Um, so, every guys make sure you like and subscribe to that stuff. And um, and as always, uh, before we go, I want to do a last check to make sure I didn't miss anything. And sometimes. And if I do, like I said, I'll scoop it for next week. And uh, don't forget, next week, uh, we're going to be doing a this podcast in Germany. And I believe it will be 8. I will verify this and I'll put it out in an announcement on YouTube. But uh, So, you know, it should be 8 a.m. Pacific time next week. So, in the morning. So, you get to wake up on Friday and listen to this podcast live, if you're crazy enough to join me. And, uh, and uh, I'll be in Germany. And we'll be it will be in German. We'll do the whole thing in German. I'm just kidding. But it will be in Germany. It will be cool. And it will be different because it's not going to be where you think I, it is. And uh, it's going to be fun. All right. On that note, I'm going to let you guys go. As always, you guys are awesome. And I'm going to do a quick shout out to the patrons that make this happen every week. And uh, let's go to that page because I you think I'd remember it. <laughs> But it's a it's a pretty healthy list, so I want to give him credit. Uh, it is Jeff Howe, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce and the Saltwater Whiskey Band, Hannah Gunson, John Jesk, John Jacks, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, Passy Bikini, Alasdair McLeod, Andy Dennis, Anthony Desposito, Bob Crosley, Bob Pickwode, Brian Quackenbush, Brian Stewart, Bruce Collins, Chuck Keen, Chief Squatch, Chris at the Guitar Pit, Chris from New Mexico, Craig Parker, Dennis Prescott, Derek Miller, Aaron Kimmiker. Gary Phillips, Gene Graham, Greg Peterson, James Biles, John Russell, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph McCarthy, Kermit Jackson, Lo- Larry Culkin, Lawrence Petros, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lindner, Michael Mooney, Muse Guitarist, Paul Astrike, Lewis and Alvaro from Pedal Pal Effects, Sam Oram, Steve Hogan, Tim Camacho, Tim Farnsworth, Todd Flowers, and Zesty Basil Pizza. Zesty ba- Basil Pizza. Woo. And, uh, and as you guys know, they, uh, they are the patrons that support this live show. As you know, patrons support everything we do here, but they specifically support the live show every week. And I appreciate that. And until next week, uh, thank you for your time and know your gear.